Welcome to Thoroughly Wrong, and now your hosts, Francisco and Rob. Take it away, guys. All right, welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project. Uh, it's been a hell of a week. It's been a hell of a month since the election. Um, living in some kind of alternate reality now. Um, I don't even know where to begin, dude. There's so much has happened. Yeah. I mean, if we start now and work backwards. We start at the Russia hack that he doesn't give a shit about. And, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I was reading about that actually uh, earlier today. Um, how everything, like, uh, you know, the government saying that it's all, like, it's definitely Russia. But then right. I think he, like, tweeted something about it, like, downplaying it, you know. And then yeah. he like brought China into it, and then somehow he brought the like election into it. <laughs> so he's just all over the place. But I think he's just like in the echo chamber of like you know this belief that he he's around he's surrounded by a bunch of like the best way to describe it is a lot of the GOP is they know like they know the election's over, they know it's been over. But yeah, they won't sure. tell him that because he has a lot of power. He has a lot of influence. So when you see them, you know, interview like with the media and, you know, they they ask the GOP members like, you know, have you congratulated uh, Joe Biden on his victory? They'll kind of they'll dodge the question or they won't answer it because, they know, the second that they do, Trump's going to call him out on Twitter, you know, on the news, right. whatever. Right. And then. All his followers are going to go after that politician. And the main thing they want is to get reelected. So that's all they care about. They know Trump's gone. They know he's on his way out. So they're yeah, just looking it, after themselves. But in the end, all that does is it hurts, <clears throat> um, you know, like the process are uh, democratic institutions because you're like undermining it. Right. You know, I, I was thinking about that today. I was... It, you know, in the beginning of all this, in, in 2016 and 2017, there was this this thing that happened in the media where he was telling just outright bold-faced lies. And his people coined the phrase, um, what they call alternate facts. And, and I think that alternate facts theme came in order to kind of protect our democracy, you know, so people wouldn't lose faith in our political leaders. So, you know, they're not lying. They're telling alternate facts. And then what that led to, dude, was I was it's a, this amazing 50-50 split of American democracy where you've got half the people who are believing in all these conspiracy theories and alternate facts and the other half is on Saturday Night Live making fun of it and we're so far apart from each other. And now we're in this dangerous place where, like you said, we're undermining our democracy. And the very thing that they did to save faith in in the system destroyed it. And now we're caught in this this alternate timeline and it and and the alternate reality of, of guns and the alternate reality of the environment where Trump says the environment's fine and he repeals all the laws and all of his followers believe that shit. And then the, the other side is completely like, what the hell are you doing? So we can't even find this common middle ground. And I, I hope 
I really hope that Biden is can pull us from the far left and to the from the far right toward each side towards the center a little bit. I, I don't know how he's going to do it, but something's got to happen. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's very complicated just because, like you said, there's people on the extremes on both ends, and they're kind of they tend to be the loudest voices in the room, you know? Mm-hmm. So right now, a lot that you're hearing is a lot of conspiracy theories, like, oh, you know, January 6th or whatever the date is where they, um, the Electoral College actually goes and votes, you know? They're, yes, um, the 6th. They're talking about, like, having this big old protest in March, and then there's, like, I've read uh, posts of people saying, you know, like, get ready, like, for the revolution and all these things. And yeah, you know, a lot of that is, um, you know, people are just, you know, talking out of their ass, but, you know, there's people out there that will take this seriously and, you know, there could be violence um, come that date, which is the real scary thing. You know, a lot of, a lot of people, I mean, not to specifically call out like, you know, just one side, but I mean, a lot of the GOP, a lot of Republicans, um, you know, they're huge on this whole, you know, like patriotic, you know pride and like yeah you know, hyper patriotism like yeah and yet they um they denounced all our uh institutions you know our judicial system the supreme court these processes that make us america so you can't call yourself a patriot and then you know not believe in the very system and um like procedures that make your country you know what it is it's very like right. hypocritical, you know. I I'm really not, I'm really not sure what's going on because it, he has fought it, and he he doesn't look forward to the next, the next thing. It's like the election's over, so I'm going to take it to court. I fail in court, so I'm going to wait until the electoral college. The electoral college is I failed there, so I'm going to wait until, it, you know, Congress comes and and verifies the electoral college and then after that i'm just going to keep fighting and fighting and fighting and it just you know you've got the pandemic and he's like his only concern is about his loss you've got 300 and like 18,000 people dead and he's only concerned about his loss you you've got a, a loss in faith of government government um programs the cdc the you know all these places and he's only concerned about his loss and now russia has hacked god knows how much information from us and he's still only concerned about he lost that damn election it's like he checked out and he wanted to be president for 20 minutes and now he he's just concerned about his his own his staying in office but for what yeah. he doesn't do anything i think he just likes the power yeah definitely he's uh um, like we talked about a few episodes ago talking about how in his world he's like you know in his mind he's the most important thing so like really nothing else matters everything he does is for his benefit and his benefit only um earlier on twitter i don't know if it was today or um uh like earlier in the week he was tweeting about how he wants um like money directly sent to people you know like stimulus checks which yeah. a lot of people are in favor of right now well, of course um, yeah 
I'm in favor of that. <laughs> but the thing is, um, obviously that's a good thing, but you know he's only saying that because it appeals to like the masses, you know, which I mean yeah. doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. Like even if, you know, he pushes that out of his own self-interest, it's still a good thing because it benefits, you know, everybody overall. Yeah, but it's here, gonna benefit a lot of people. Here's where it could get tricky though. Um, what I was thinking is imagine like you have, you know, this Republican president pushing for, you know, these uh bigger stimulus checks. Cause as as of right now, I was reading earlier, I think they're gonna make them six hundred dollars. Yeah. Which I think they're twelve. They're they're like about to pass it, um, like any day. So he wants uh even more than that, you know, for people. I think he was talking about twelve or even up to two thousand dollars. Right. They, they talked so about a, a two thousand. Yeah. So you have a Republican president pushing for you know uh, this twelve hundred two thousand dollars stimulus check, and you have Republicans in Congress pushing for you know they're talking about oh new, you know our deficit's too big we can't be spending that much money, and they're kind of contradicting each other um, within the same party, and then you have the Democrats that to some degree are gonna, you know, agree with the president. Like, hey, you know, we do need like these bigger checks. So now you have Democrats almost working in line with the president while Republicans are against him uh, when it comes to this matter. And I think that's like a recipe to like almost tear like the Republican party like from within itself, you know? Right. It's like, like suddenly they're raising up to be di- they're raising a lot of, up to, uh, to be Republicans here at the last second, you know. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I don't know. So we'll see what happens there. Like I said, I think I'm pretty sure they're like on the cusp of passing the, I think it was 900 billion uh, stimulus bill, yeah. uh, which includes I think uh, 300 dollars in weekly um, unemployment benefits. And then the six hundred dollars stimulus checks, and Which, also I mean, included something to yeah, bail I get out it. small businesses. Yeah. So I mean, any stimulus at this point is better than no stimulus. I just think it's very long overdue. To the point where I mean, it kind of seems like a slap in the face, you know, like six hundred dollars after. I mean, the, the last one that they passed was what, like back in April, May? Yeah. Yeah, it was a while ago. So it's like six like six months later, and here you go, $600. And a lot of people, like I've, I've seen a lot of like opinions on it. You know, they're like, well, you know, we can't be spending that much. Like, where are we getting this money? Like a lot of people don't understand this is already like taxpayer money. Like it's already out there. This isn't, we're not printing money for these stimulus checks, you know? Right. It's from the Federal Reserve. Like, we have this money already. Um, and then a lot of people are also saying, well, uh, it should only go for the people that are unemployed, you know, that need it the most. And I can see that argument. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's called a stimulus uh, bill for a reason because it's meant to stimulate the economy. And the best way to do that is to give money to everybody because what are they going to do with that money? They're going to spend it, which will stimulate the economy, especially right now during this holiday season. Yeah, which we really need right now. I, I, man, I feel sorry. I have some neighbors that are just hurt. You know, they're, I was talking to him the other day and he was like, man, I've been out of work for 
for eight months and my, everything's running out. I'm running out. I'm going to churches to get food and I, I can't pay my rent. I was like, holy God, man, I'm glad I'm not in that situation right now. That's so tough. Glad. Yeah. And then, you know, the, but our, our, our president is just like, he's so checked out of, and I don't understand why people who like this guy that I'm talking to continue to support him. You know, he needs to be there four more years. And, and this pandemic was kind of like, um, they say it's not fair to judge him because the pandemic happened while he was president. But I, I tried to, I, I tried to explain to him, I'm not blaming him for the pandemic. I'm blaming him for his response to the pandemic, which was to tell a bunch yeah. of lies and to get a bunch of people killed. And it really did get a bunch of people killed. And now even, even to this day, when we have, do you, dude, do you know that over 2000 people a day are dying in the United States? That's like having Pearl Harbor happen every single fucking day, every day. Yeah. I was reading that. Yeah. And so here's this thing. And then, he he's throwing these parties he's having these people jam-packed in the oval office to give a medal of honor to some guy and i'm not saying the guy didn't need the medal but i am saying that people need to to mask up and stand six feet away from each other and he needs to be an example to us instead of you know doing what he's doing i i broke my phone the other day i had to go to the store and i saw you know everybody's out grocery or shopping for Christmas and I see this dude and and he has this look on his face like you know go ahead and challenge me and he's not wearing a mask and he has on a shirt that says that he's politically incorrect so that's what we have that's what this alternate reality we live in has bred it's like I I don't believe you. I'm not going to take care of you. I'm not going to take care of me. I'm going to go about my life with this chip on my shoulder, just like my president. That's so fucking wrong to me. Yeah. I passed by the mall because I live really close to the mall, and I drove by yesterday, and the parking lot was like completely full. Oh my God. And I mean, I hate the mall as it is. Like, I just don't like going to the mall. Especially during the holiday season in general, so it's uh Jeff Bezos could take my money. Yeah, year. definitely, dude. I'm <laughs> I I've spent so much on Amazon. I go every day and see what's came and what has not showed up yet, and I'm like, holy Christ, I need to stop. <laughs> yeah, there's like so many packages like shipping and pending and. <laughs> But yeah, and I mean, there's criticism on both both sides too. Like um, a few weeks ago, they caught, um, I know they caught Newsom like having dinner, like this dinner party with like, uh, I think it was like 15 or 20 people at this yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's like uh, a bit of like hypocrisy there too. Uh, but the way I see it, like a lot of people like don't shit on him, you know? They'll be like, oh, you know, he can't even follow his own rules. Like, this dude's a joke and, like, recall Newsom and all this crap, you know? And the way I see it is, like, okay, yeah, you know, he, you know, that was wrong him. But at the same time, like, if somebody's giving you good advice and then they don't take it themselves, 
does that still not make it good advice you know exactly. if it's good advice and then they choose to not do it that doesn't make what they said not a good thing to do you know if they tell you no wear your mask and like stay you know distant and then they don't do it themselves and then in your head you're like oh well they don't do it so it's not a big deal like it's still like true you know it still means true like what they're saying it seems to be childish to say so i'm not going to take that good advice because you didn't do it (laughs) that's that's kind of yeah childish. and i mean i could care less like if he went to go have dinner or whatever like that did you see his response like, to that though yeah so like every time i i don't know if you've heard of him um there's like this poli- i don't know what to call him like a political commentator i don't know uh his name is dave rubin and i followed him for a while he's his like claim to fame is he's uh he's a democrat that's kind of like he's tired of all everything like on the left and like all their BS and whatever. So it appeals a lot to like, um, Republicans, you know? Yeah. Like in the way that like, Oh, look, here's a Democrat. That's even like the, the, the left has gone too far left, even for Democrats. That's like his big claim to fame. Like that's what he's known for. And this dude is just so like every chance he gets to like call out Newsom on Twitter. Um, he just tries to rip on him. And it's just so, like you said, childish and like unnecessary. So, and there's tons of people like that, um, that I see, uh, you know, on Facebook, on Twitter, anywhere. It's just like, I don't know, it's just funny to me. And sometimes it gets a little frustrating because you want to be able to like, when you read these comments, I want to be able to like go to that person directly and kind of explain to them like what their fly is and their thinking but you know obviously you can't really do that so it's just it's just a lot of misinformation and disinformation out there yeah but you know everybody even you and i we love it when there's a defector <laughs> you know we're always looking for that yeah. trump defector all right what why did you do that why did you believe like that why you know why did you come back so there's a lot of information there that they're gleaning off that guy. And yeah, I do agree that we have gone entire, you know, the Democratic Party has gone entirely crazy. The whole system, the Republicans are no longer Republicans. I, Wait, can you repeat that again? Because you were like, uh, you cut off like a little bit here and there. I'm sorry. I said the, the Democratic Party is, has gone crazy. The Republicans are no longer Republicans. Um, what's his name from Utah? The Republican from Utah. Oh, um, he ran for president. Is he, like, is he uh, like a senator, Congress? Yeah, 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 yeah. He ran for president. Uh, has a weird name. Damn it. Anyway, he said today... Um, he was talking about how the Republican Party's just lost its mind, and he wishes that they would come back. But Trump has changed the Republican Party in a way that is almost permanent, and it's going to take years to come back to a conservative, you know, uh, bent on that on their thinking. There, there. He already he said there are people already lining up, and they're like mini Trumps for twenty twenty four. Yeah. So Are you talking about Mitt Romney? Yeah, Mitt Mitt Romney. 
And he said they're already lining up and they're already spewing Trump rhetoric and and Trump's in charge of it. And what are you going to do? You know, the guy yeah. has the guy's completely taken over the party. I mean, power to him. You 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 got to give it to the you got to give it to him for what he's done. <laughs> Wait, hold on, Robert. Uh, you keep like cutting in and out. I don't know if you can see it on your on your little recording, but there's like flat lines. I don't know if it's just on my end or on your end too. No, I got I got nothing here like that. Everything's good. No. Okay. All right. I'm just making sure because on mine there's like little gaps of okay. audio. Okay. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And I've heard a lot of that too, that, um, you know, they're already prepared for, to vote in four years. But I mean, if you, if you come out and say that at the same time, you're like admitting that he's already lost this year, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's funny, isn't it? It's funny how that logic works or doesn't work for them, I guess, in that point. You know, the thing but. I was looking at, the, the election was really, it was close in some ways and it was not close in other ways. You know what I mean? It's like there were the 7 million votes that uh, Biden got in the, from came from two states. Did you know that? That what? The seven million votes that he won, that Biden won by in in the popular election, came from two states, basically two states, California and New York. Did you know that? Do you know how dangerous that is? Uh, but I mean, I guess that's one way to look at it. But at the same time, it's also like it's an aggregate, you know. So, like, if you take away California's blue votes, you also have to take away Trump's red votes in California, which was also, right. like, in the millions. Um, and the way the Electoral College is set up is just, like, disastrous in itself. The um, the Electoral... I was actually watching a video about this not too long ago, uh, now that you mention it. The way it's set up, it's a crutch, basically, for the Republican Party. Because, I mean, if you think about it, Every other office, uh, every other public office that we vote for um, is a popular vote, except for yeah. the presidency, right. which kind of doesn't make sense. Like, why is that excluded, you know? And it's a crutch, basically, for the Republican Party, because uh, without that, they they probably wouldn't win a president election in, you know, maybe once in a blue moon, if that because the majority of people in this country are, uh, you know, align themselves more with uh, the Democratic Party. Yeah, yeah. So is that why it was set so up? So a lot of people, um, I think it was, uh, I forgot when it was set up, but yeah, it's basically a crutch. And um, what was I going to say? Like a lot of uh, people on the left, you know, say, you know, abolish the Electoral College. And even I don't like the the electoral college. Um, so when Biden won, a lot of people, a lot of like GOP and Republican Republicans were like, "Oh, I bet you like the electoral college now that, you know, it benefited you and Biden won." And in my head, I'm like, "No, I still don't like it. Like, regardless of whether Biden won or lost, like 
it's a shitty system. It's uneven and it's unfair. I think the way they were describing it, a single vote in like Wisconsin carries like three and a half times the weight of a vote in California. Right. So that in itself shows you how uneven it is. But there's actually a, it's a proposal. Because, um, you know, I mean, to get the Electoral College, like, uh, abolished would be very hard, you know, through Congress. Because right. it, it benefits the Republicans, and they're not going to want to get rid of that. Well, but maybe if the Democrats could win in Georgia, we could, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know how the threshold is 270? Yeah. Um, so there's this proposal, uh, I forgot what the exact name, but I'll try to look it up right now. So the threshold is 270, right? To win the presidency. There's a proposal that many states have where, um, if, if passed, it basically states that that state will give its electoral votes to the winner of the popular vote, uh, nationwide. But, uh, so that's like the, the rule, right? So-called rule that the, that the proposal uh, gives. Okay. But the only way that, um, that they have to do that is if they get enough states to cover the 270. So that doesn't take effect until you have enough states to cover the 270. So right now, I think there are like 200, um, there's enough states that have passed it where it covers like 200 or a little bit over 200 electoral votes. So they've all agreed to do that. Like we'll, regardless if our state uh, voted red or blue, we'll give our voters to whoever won the popular vote. But like I said, it only takes effect once they get over that 270 threshold. That way they won't be uh, like singled out, you know? So for example, let's say like Texas passes it. And um, they, uh, you know, they went red this time for Trump. Yeah. Uh, under this rule, they would have to give it to Biden, but only if there was enough states to cover the 270 overall. That way, Texas isn't singled out like, hey, you guys like flipped your, you know, like switched up on us because it's 270 votes worth of states. It's not just one or two states doing it. God, that seems it's a little hard to explain, but that's, that's basically like the gist of. That seems difficult. To, why don't you just do away with it? You know, it it's just it, it's very odd that you can lose you can win the popular vote and lose an election. That just seems. But that's when you divide it all up by states. It, if if you just went. How can I explain this? If every county counted for different weights within a, within a state, then you understand what I mean? Then you're going to have this really difficult election and a guy running for uh, governor could lose the popular vote within a state and yet become the governor. 
that that just doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. That's that's what's happening in America. Each state has its has its weight. So as an American citizen, why don't we just say, as an American citizen, you have one vote, and we're going to count it, and it goes to a national database, and whoever won the election won the election. Period. Yeah, one of the arguments that comes up with that is, um, you know, well, like you said, like you were saying earlier, like the election will come down to a handful of states, you know, like California, Florida, Texas, New York, right. you know, if you're here and there. And though that's like the argument, like, how are you going to let, you know, a handful of states uh, basically run the country? They'll call it tyranny of the uh, tyranny of the majority. Uh <laughs> But when you argue that, you don't see that you're arguing for the opposite, which is tyranny of the minority, right. which makes even less sense than tyranny of the majority. Because how we have it now, we still have a handful of states that decide the election, except those handful of states are Michigan and Ohio and you know Georgia and, and Wisconsin, all these states that have nowhere as many people as California, Texas, Florida, you know, New York. Right. So what you're arguing is, what you're arguing for is even worse than what you're opposing. Yeah, I get you. I do. I really do. I, I just think, you know, if if you're running, if you have 25 people and, and you want to be the leader of the that and you divided up into factions and groups and have all these laws that saying, well, these two people have more power than those three people over there. And, and you make it all difficult. Why don't you just cast 25 votes, count them up and whoever got 13 wins. That, that just seems fair because we are one group and we are one president, except in the case of Donald Trump, he wanted to, he he wanted to favor states. He wanted to say, "Well, you don't support me, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you that cash if I don't have to. I'm not gonna give you that help if I don't have to." Yeah, yeah. So that that doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't. <laughs> Very little makes sense nowadays. So it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, the, it seems like the more interested you get in politics, the more you you learn about it, and the more you learn about it, the more you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, the more the deeper you get into it, you're like, it kind of changes your way of thinking. And even I, um, I think I've mentioned it before. Um, this year is the year that I've probably gotten like the most invested in politics. Yeah, me too. Uh, compared to any other year. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember. I think it was probably like one of our first uh, episodes. Uh, it was definitely one of our first, like first or second, where we were talking about, you know, kind of how, like what we like in terms of like which way we lean politically. Yeah, yeah, I remember and that. And I mentioned I was like huge on, um, I wasn't huge, but like I, I like the capitalist system that we live in today. I mean, to a certain extent, you know, there's obviously a lot wrong with it. Um, right, right. But I, I favored it, you know? And, like, since then, like, I've done, I, well, at least I've tried to do, like, my research and, like, I've tried to look at, you know, like I said, I've gone deeper into politics. And with that comes, you know, learning about uh, the history of this country and capitalism and um, how we came to be. 
And like the more I read about it, the more anti-capitalism I am, <laughs> I think now. <laughs> to the point where I think I'm just like not, I would um, just change us like the way we are if it was up to me. Because if you see like all the, like just the, how wide like the gaps are from like the top people to the bottom people here in this country. Yeah. Like that yeah. gap is so huge and it's just getting bigger every single day. And like the more you read about that, like the more wrong it seems like that we live in a place where that happens, you know. Um, I saw this video where like a lot of people kind of tend to dismiss like these big numbers when they get like super huge, like millionaires, billionaires, you know, but to kind of like put in perspective, right. like, um, you know, the difference between a millionaire and a billionaire, like a million seconds, um, is a, if like, if you counted from one to a million in seconds, it would be uh, a little over like one and a half weeks. I think it's like 11 to 13 days, something around there. Right. But a billion seconds with a B would be 32 years. (laughs) So that's how big the difference is between a million and a billion, which to me like blew my mind completely. That, yeah, I never thought about it. So to think that we have like, like to think that we have like billionaires in this country and then we have people starving like in the street, regardless of like what you believe in, like that just seems wrong to me. And I remember we were talking uh, a while back about like Jeff Bezos and how like, you know, most of his money is, you know, in an Amazon stock and all this. But even then, like, he's still like a billionaire, you know, he still has billions of dollars. Right. And like, the more I think about it, and the more I read into it, like, in my mind, like billionaires, like shouldn't, like, I just don't think they should exist at all. Really? Like if we lived in a perfect society, like I just, and I mean, I don't, I don't want to say they, maybe they shouldn't exist, but to become a billionaire, um, when there's like, you know, like I said, people starving in the streets, like, um, and I know this is going to like, uh, what's the word like turn a lot of people off you know because when you hear this word it's like voodoo and it's like go away and you know they shun you but when you bring up like socialism and the way uh like it's i don't know if it's meant to be or like the way people want it to be right and if you like listen to them and you really listen to them and you you learn about like worker co-ops and you know, UBI and stuff like that. It's like, it just makes so much sense. And should I start calling you like comrade now? Or in a country where, (laughs) you know, you, you even utter that word and you're, you know, you're called like a socialist and, you know, basically a lot of people, they, if you ask them, like they call you socialist and like, okay, what's socialism? they have no answer for you or whatever they tell you is like not even close to what socialism is. Right. And I remember one of the talking points that I gave last time to why I was opposed to socialism was because I had never seen it function, um, you know, in a modern country, you know, like Cuba had it. And I know Venezuela was socialist and those countries are kind of, you know, 
like terrible, especially right now. Well, are, are they true socialists is the thing. That yeah, exactly. That's what I like came to learn. Like, first of all, like Cuba had we embargoed Cuba, so they were unable to, you know, get things from us or like get things from other countries. And it's kind of hard to survive in any country when they're you're kind of cut off from the rest of the world, you know. Same with Venezuela. Like the thing is, America throughout its history has done everything it can to um like discourage socialism in other countries um exactly so that kind of makes me wonder like why you know on the surface it'll make it seem like oh well it's, you know it's a bad system we don't want that for the world so we're going to you know help fight the opposition in socialist countries but like the more you look into it like a lot of the reasons that these socialist countries failed was because because of us and our influence we had on them. We're going to get emails. <laughs> you know, that's fine. And I'm, I'm willing to like talk to people like, cause like I said, I've kind of like, I've gone, I've gone deep into the like socialism, like, like nuances and like, I'm still trying to learn about it, you know? And well, it's what is, like, what do you know what a worker difference? co-op is? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I, when I was in college, I had a professor and I was, I was like everybody else. And I had, I had this choice to take this class called Marxism. And I was like, Oh, hell no, I'm not taking that. I ended up taking this. And then like you, I was like, I softened, I was like, Oh, well, the reason socialism doesn't work is because other people attack it from the outside. Like it's this evil thing. But when the means of production are is owned by the community, everybody in the community, it, it's like, it's like saying that um, companies that are owned by the employees are evil. And they're not. Right. <clears throat> companies that are owned by the employees are some of the best run companies in the world because everybody cares about how well the company's doing because that depends on you and you and the company depends on you and you depend on the company. And you make more money when you work harder. And that's the argument against socialism is like, well, I got to work really, really hard. I got to be Jeff Bezos and then I got to give my stuff away. No, that's not, that's not how it works. If Jeff Bezos, right. if everybody who worked for Amazon had a piece of Amazon, oh my God, how much money would be flowing into our culture? Seriously. Exactly. And that's, I think that's the main thing that, um, interests me about it or that appeals to me is that wide band of of wealth you know you want as many people as possible to to prosper you know to be able to live you know a good a good life yeah where they're not you know living paycheck to paycheck or you know struggling to pay all their bills and like i was saying like a worker call like basically it's the employees they own they collectively own uh, the business right and i mean ever since since i was little you know i've grown up with you know the owner is the owner and you know they pay their employees and and that's how that's just how things are you know and even myself like um like my family owns a small business and you know there's like a sole proprietor and you know you pay your employees and all this stuff 
which you know on the surface like i said it makes sense but once you like really analyze like a business like a business without the employees like it's nothing it's worthless if every single person from amazon that's why big businesses are so against uh unions right like you try to unionize at amazon you'll get fired on the spot you know why because they know like like in the back of their heads like these big corporations they know that the employees hold all the power and if something was to come along to make the employees realize that that collective collectively they are more powerful than the entity itself then they could demand whatever they want if all of amazon's workers just stopped working tomorrow they would lose billions of dollars right and i think that's but that has been that has been in american culture since the early or late 1700s and early 1800s when you know you realize in in the south in the mid 1800s there were way more slaves than there were owners but they those owners somehow controlled it and all those slaves had to do was revolt and it it seems like if you take that mindset and you look at amazon and you look at all these huge corporations they're slaves they work for slave wages they live in shitty houses they drive shitty cars they have shitty lives while billions of dollars flows through their hands and they don't realize it for some reason they can't understand or they're scared because their shitty life might become shittier you know if if they raise up and say hey i'm not doing this anymore what if what if the people around them to say well then you're 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 out of luck because we are so you have to have a collective mind yeah. to to do that and when you you base it in fear of you know i'll take your job i'll take your shitty apartment and you'll live on the street if you have to because i'm in charge here and you're not yeah and um what a lot of people don't realize is capitalism is a very coercive system. Um, and, you know, one of the main arguments that I hear is people saying, well, you know, you're choosing to work there. You don't have to work there. Nobody's making you work there. But you have to choose between working there or, you know, living in poverty. Mm-hmm. Or And they'll say, well, you could start a small business. Well, if you ever if you could tell that to everybody and everybody started a small business, who would be the workers? You know, at the end of the day, there's an employer and an employee. Right. And that's what drives like this whole like this wide gap between, um, you know, the wealthiest at the top and the poorest at the bottom. It's a very coercive system. And I think the more people realize that and they see that, the more um like you're gonna start to get a big push uh you know for more for more social uh or socialistic uh programs or views or you know i just think that's the way we're we're trending towards i think so too i do i mean living uh, living wage used to be like you know saying fuck in church and now living wage seems to be like everybody's like, you know what, we really need to do something here. And that sounds reasonable. So 
as the language changes and as the need changes, and I think as these more progressive people come in, like like Yang, like Buttigieg, all these people are coming in, and Harris, there seems to be a, a slow shift towards a more socialist, a more socialist way of life, a, a simpler way of life. But at the same time, we've got the billionaires on the other side, and one of them is our president, and the pushback is amazingly violent. We're not, we don't want that. You know, a lot of the people that oppose that, like oppose a more like socialistic kind of view or system, I think a lot of them would actually benefit from it because it's a lot of like poor people in these like rural states, you know, like Kentucky, uh, um, Alabama, places like this. Yeah. So like imagine if you're like uh, even someone like a profession that makes a decent wage, like an electrician, which or like a plumber, you know which can make uh, close to, or some of them you make over a hundred thousand dollars, which you know is not bad at all. Right now, imagine if you're an electrician or a plumber and you work for this company and you make what you're making. And then not only that, but you're also part owner of the company. Yeah. And at the end, so of you're the also year... getting, you know, so in the end you would make even more than what you're making now. But they've scared them into this thing that that that's wrong. Somehow that that's wrong. And yeah, and I think that's one of the things that I've that's one of the things that I've like come to learn is um, this country is very anti-socialism, and I don't think it's for the reasons that a lot of people think that it is. I don't think it's because um, it's evil or terrible, you know. I think it's because there's a lot of people at the top that are afraid and they don't want to give up some of their power. And they've convinced a large majority of people to side with them by, like you said, like fear mongering and just make, making them believe that their lives would be ruined. Like I said, it's very coercive. Um, I heard an analogy because I was watching a debate between two people talking about this and what the one that was uh for capitalism kept saying well you know like i said it's a choice you don't have to work there you could you know uh, start your own business or work somewhere else and what the other guy was trying to explain to him was like it's still coercive you have to work for somebody somewhere at the end of the day or else you live in poverty right so your choice is either you know slave away at a job or poverty so there's not really much of a choice there to begin with, you know? And the analogy he made was, imagine if me and you crashed on an island. We were on a plane and we crashed on a deserted island. You know, there's no food, there's no anything. And when you wake up from the from the crash, you wake up to see that I've collected all the coconuts in the island for myself. And I and the way he said it, it's a little it's a little PG thirteen, but he said all right, I'll give you some coconuts if you suck my dick. <laughs> and you might, and he's not like, do you think that's a coercive choice? Because I mean, you could choose to not do it and you die from starvation. And do you see the that's analogy harsh, there? Man. Like you either, yeah, it's either it, poverty it. or or you slave away. Like you, I mean, you could always choose to not, you know, to not suck the dick and then you'll just starve. 
you just starve go ahead but that's the choice that a lot of people are faced with in this country um and i was even talking to my dad um a while back about it and he was telling me the same thing how because i asked him like do you think um capitalism is the best like economic system that we can have and he told me like no like he like and he was saying a lot of things that i was saying that he doesn't believe that it's right for there to be so many people suffering while at the same time having so many like billionaires um with so much of the wealth you know i think at some point um there was 89 people in the world and their wealth combined was more than the than three and a half billion people oh my god I, yeah so 89 people in the world had more money than three and a half billion with a b um and like if you really think about that that's it just blows my mind and to me it's just it doesn't seem right and it doesn't sit right with me well the thing you know i was, I was thinking while you were talking about that it's like it's this funny thing is like how we tell people we scare them and tell them socialism is a bad choice and we go back historically and we tell them say here here's your example right here here's cuba Cuba went socialist and look what happened to them. Well, we did it. That's the thing. We destroyed their economy by yeah, not Cuba. trading with them. And then we, it's like, it's like saying, you know, it's like going and beating up on somebody for something that they did and then going to another person and saying, see what happens to them. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people try to point to uh, the Soviet Union for socialist but the soviet union wasn't really socialist it was just like us it was a capitalistic country they just became so capitalistic that they acquired like oligarchs you know right so basically a handful of people that dominated every industry kind of like you know if you talk about like the commerce system and how jeff bezos is taking over you know uh you know merchandising and shopping like many people would consider that Amazon to be like an oligarch, and that's I basically would agree what, with that. And that's what that's what Russia was, and that's what it became because they weren't, you know, socialist in the sense that in the way that many people believe that they were. Right, like China's leaning that way, you know, where where they call themselves communists, but. It looks like so. It looks like uh, capitalism is overrunning them, so it's all over the world. It, yeah, socialism socialism doesn't work because of not because socialism doesn't work, but it doesn't work because of greed. Because we can't not be greedy. We can't share. We can't. You know, Jeff Bezos can't say, "Well, I have thirty six billion dollars. I can't spend that in fucking nine hundred lifetimes." I think I'll take one billion and turn the thirty-five billion loose, but they can't do that. And supposedly, a lot of those people have signed that pact that they're going to give all their money away before they die. Uh, I want to see that. I want to yeah. see that. <laughs> oh, and I don't think that's going to happen. You know? Yeah, I just. Um, I mean, I feel like we're still a long way from like. I still feel like we're a long way from like becoming you know, a fully socialist country. But I could definitely see a trend going there, especially with people like AOC. And like socialism, 
and like even not so far to go to social but like social programs like we have those today you know we have taxpayer funded programs uh-huh. we have a welfare programs we have you know the police that's a social program they're paid for by our taxes and i think a lot of the arguments come down to whether you have certain beliefs or not in the sense that um like i believe healthcare should be a like just the basic right you know i do too I do like too. if you need healthcare, you should get it and if you need a you place to live you shouldn't you should have to worry it. about whether you can afford it or not yeah and right like also like if you work 40 hours a week you should be able to you know to sustain yourself and not have to work two jobs that's a big thing like people say oh well you know before COVID hit we were at record low unemployment yeah but we were also at record high uh the number of people that had to work more than two jobs to sustain themselves right right and you know that doesn't seem right it's not right, man. It, it that argument that that argument that people have, so, they say, you know, well, if you want more money, you should um, go get an education and get a better job. And that's the same thing as saying, well, you know, if you're not going to go get an education and get a better job, then you don't fucking deserve to live well. You don't deserve to be able to pay your rent. And that's shitty, man. That's shitty. That that we would that a system would come along and have needed jobs that don't pay. And those people that do those jobs are blamed because they don't want to go spend a hundred thousand dollars, get an education and go in the hole. And that's saying, you know, there's another thing here we're saying is capitalism says, you know, you can always better yourself. You know what, dude? Not everybody has the ability to better themselves. Some people that are working jobs that are considered menial labor, that's what they do. And that's okay. That's perfectly all right to not to not be able to go get a degree in psychology or go get a degree and, you know, go become a plumber. Some people don't have the dexterity to, to work with their hands very well. It it just seems like human beings are we are divided up into all these categories and we're all still human beings man we all deserve housing we all deserve health care we all deserve to eat it doesn't matter if you know you fall into addiction or homelessness or any of those things you should not be blamed and held accountable you should be helped you should be given a chance to see what you can do and and capitalism holds people in their place and and keeps the rich getting richer and i and, and that sounds like a fucking cliche but it's not at this point right now the the billionaires are gaining money hand over fist and the people that are at the bottom are just losing out they're just not paying their rent until they get evicted and they're not eating unless someone brings them a box of food some good-hearted soul brings them a box of food this whole this whole situation is upside down it's untenable to me and i don't I, the best i can do is talk to people because i can't really do anything about it you know yeah it's it's not it definitely takes more than you know it's not something that can be done overnight to fix our 
are flaws in the system. But do I think it can be fixed? Yeah, absolutely. I think it just takes the right people. And um, I mean, pretty much that's it, like the right people uh, in power, especially like uh, when it comes to our politicians, just because right. I mean, so many of them are in the pockets of big businesses, you know, and that goes for both sides, Democrats and Republicans. Of course, of um, course. So the, did I mean, you hear about the you were talking, I, I would say baby steps, but we're definitely on the way. Yeah, we definitely were on the way that you, you were mentioning earlier about how um, if somebody's hurt or, you know, and they need health care, they have a right to that health care and they shouldn't have to go and, you know, to debt for the rest of their life to get that fixed for them. Did you yeah. hear about the, the White House security guy, the head of security at the White House? He got COVID nineteen in October. Oh, no, I didn't hear anything about that. Yeah, he he caught he caught COVID nineteen in October. It came out today that the man has had been in three months in the hospital. This is the guy that takes care of the president that that um, orchestrates security at the White House. So he's been in the hospital for three months. He lost the left his left big toe. He lost his right leg from the knee down. And do you think the White House took care of him? Do you think the government took care of him? Hell no. He had to go get a, a crowdfunding to to try and take care of his bills. What the hell is that oh, about? No. Yeah, here's, here's a guy that, that takes care of the president, gets sick with COVID-19, and now suddenly he's just destitute. Fuck him. Whatever. Yeah, I absolutely believe healthcare should be a basic human right. Um, and we could definitely afford it. Like, this country is rich enough. We're the richest country in the world to where we can afford it. A lot of people like to say, well, uh, you know, how are you going to pay for this? And we could definitely afford it. We could find $600 million to fund our, is it million or billion to fund our military every year? And it's billion. Uh, I think it's billion. Six, it's six billion. billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that ain't just we laying around anywhere. Yeah. Even if we cut our military spending by like a quarter, we would without a doubt still be the most powerful um, military in the world. And it's not even close. I know. We so spend twice as much of, money as you know, the we'll next become person. Weak and, yeah, I agree. You're, yeah, you're so right. the argument that we'll become weak and, uh, you know, we, you know, countries will be more inclined to attack us because they'll see us as weaker. Like, no, that's not true at all. Like, we'll still be the most powerful country in the world. Uh, college should be way more affordable than it is right now. Uh, I think in the past, like, two decades, college has gone, like, two and a half times more expensive. But if you ask me, it hasn't gone two and a half times better in quality. So yeah. that doesn't make sense at all. Um there's just a lot of things that we can change overall. Well, you're absolutely right, man. To benefit it's fear mongering. It's fear mongering. They tell us that we'll go broke. But the thing is, what they, you know, really in reality, in logic, if you give people more money, they spend more money, they pay more taxes, and you have more taxes to spend on the people. It's real fucking easy to, to, to see, but you can't. You can't see it. It's like that thing I sent you, that Soviet defector guy from the 80s. 
Did did you read that that text I sent you? Yeah. Yeah, he he said when you fool people into closing up their minds, it doesn't matter what you show them. It doesn't matter if you show them facts, documents. It doesn't matter if you tell them the truth. They won't believe you. And that's the first step in undermining a democracy is to get the people to not believe anymore. No matter what the truth is, they don't see it. They refuse to see it. Yeah, because once you... Like you said, once you plant this idea in their head, um, you're kind of good to go, you know, when it comes to kind of, you control the narrative. So you right. could, you know, say whatever you want and they'll believe you. And I think all, a lot of this has to do with keeping the top people at the top and making you believe that listening to them and agreeing with them will make your life better when re in reality it's just making their life better <laughs> if you look at all these rural states um they're very poor a lot of them are very poor um and you know they tend to be gop controlled states right and what does the gop do to like help them i mean not much aside from blaming the democrats for like you're poor because of joe biden or you're poor because of barack obama and that's just simply not the case. Um, I know it simply is not true. And that is so odd that I'll, I'll buy hook, line, and sinker, whatever you tell me, sir. And if the other side comes in and says, no, here's the facts, they're like, no, sorry, Trump said. That's it's just the way it is. Yeah, I think that's the worst part. And also, like, the saddest part. Like, if someone gives you an argument – you could break down their argument completely and show them why they're factually wrong or just what they're saying is just not true and show them, you know, the correct, you know, facts and what's actually going on. And you could give it to them like right in their hand and show it to them right in their face and they still won't believe you. And <laughs> I, I think that's the saddest part because at that point, like what, like what, what else can you do after that? Well, I think there's not much that you can do after that, but there is man, you know, and, and we're, I'm trying to end this on a positive note here because Trump has reached epic proportions of ridiculousness. Okay. When, when, uh, Giuliani star witness that, what was her name? Caroni or some shit like that. You know, that woman that was like. Yeah, that she was just like, hey, what did you do with that? You know, did you take it and do bad things to that document? And you're you're like, wow, yeah. that that's really that's really idiotic. And then you have people like Michael Flynn and uh, Scott O'Grady, that dude that that Trump put in the Pentagon. They they're doing all these conspiracy theories over and over and over again that they're calling for martial law. And then you go to Georgia, and you see that the Democratic candidates there are starting to gain ground because the people of Georgia, people are starting to move away from Trump just a little bit. I mean, if you look at the polls last, I think last month, it was like 50 to 48. And now the Democrats and the Republicans are like within 0.2% of each other. It's like the people are beginning to see the ridiculousness of this situation where like 
you can't jump out and say boo at me too many fucking times before I'm not scared anymore because I'm, I'm beginning to see the truth here. Yeah. So, so Biden won. And the coolest thing about what I realized today, it was like this Buttigieg got nailed for transportation secretary. And, and last week I was asking my wife, I was like, this guy speaks like six fucking languages. What the hell is he going to do in transportation? But then I began to realize he, Biden is beginning to put these progressive people in place. Okay. Biden has this, this idea that he wants to change the course of America towards a better environmental programs and better social programs and more open and to open us up a little bit to the truth that we need help. And I thought today it dawned on me that Buttigieg is the transportation secretary because transportation is a part of the larger scheme of things. So if he can take these people and put them in, in these cabinets with these progressive ideas that maybe, like you said, a little bit at a time will begin to change the course of the country just a little bit. And, and instead of saying that, you know, climate change is a, is a myth, we'll begin to realize, okay, the weather is worse. The air is worse. The water is worse. Everything is bad now, and we need to, to change course in order to make things better. So maybe by taking people like Buttigieg and AOC is in there, if Andrew Yang can get in there, we'll begin to change the course of the country in a slow way. We're not going to wake up tomorrow and have a living wage. I get that. But maybe, maybe my grandkids will see a living wage. Maybe my kids will see a living wage. Hell, I don't know. But we've got to do something here. We've got to do something because this is when you're calling when you have your officials calling for martial law, you've gone way too fucking far. Way too far. Yeah. Um, like you're saying, I think for me the change the call for change starts from the bottom, but the actual change itself is gonna have to start from the top. Because yep. I mean, they're they're the people that you know make our policies, make our rules. Like I was, um, like if you really think about it, like right now during this whole pandemic COVID thing, uh, I remember I don't know if you remember, like a few months ago they had that whole, like when gas was like super cheap, and they were saying like the barrel is like in the negative. It's it was like negative thirty seven dollars at some point. Yeah. Um, for like a a barrel of gas of oil or something. And basically what that meant was we were making so much oil and then, you know, COVID happened. So there was, uh, there was no flights. People didn't travel as much. So the consumption of oil went down. Um, so they, they started having these huge stockpiles of oil and then they actually just ran out of room to store it. So yeah. they had nowhere to store it and they were literally paying people to store their oil. That's why the price went so low. And to me, I mean, every bad thing, I guess, has a silver lining. But to me, the silver lining right there with the whole COVID pandemic would, okay, oil is at a uh, record low, you know. Right now would be the perfect time to invest in, uh, like, green options, wind and solar. Because, one, it's going to, you're going to need oil to produce all these things. You're going to need oil to produce solar panels to produce uh, windmills, all these things, right? 
Yeah. So you're going to get it dirt cheap and you're going to, uh, you know, be able to build a lot of infrastructure when it comes to green energy. So when demand does go back up for energy, uh, you'll have a lot of it in place already. And, you know, because when, when Joe Biden and them talk about transitioning to green energy, you know, it's not like a flip of a switch, you know, <laughs> they want to, it's in the name, it's transition. It's slowly uh, stopping, you know, our dependence on fossil fuels. And right. I mean, that's just the thing that we need. Like we need that to happen like 100%. So I think this pandemic would have, I mean, I don't know if it's happened or not, but to me personally, it would have been a perfect time to, you know, invest in these things. That way, when, you know, our economy starts to go back up, when, you know, we start to travel, start to need all this extra energy, we have, you know, that stockpile of of windmills and solar panels uh, in place already to kind of supplement that demand. And we could begin to ease off of the fossil fuels. Yeah. Use the glut that you have of fossil fuels to, for the changeover, to do the cheaper changeover. It's an excellent idea, man. Once you run for governor or president, <laughs> yeah. Well, you maybe maybe later. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely been twenty twenty has definitely been a crazy year, oh, and I'm glad it's over. Finally, coming to an end. Uh, yeah, what's twenty twenty? But I mean, bring, I wouldn't know? be surprised if twenty twenty one's just. I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, <laughs> just as bad. So don't <laughs> hold your breath, people. Don't hold and your breath. And that's coming man. from a very optimistic person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. You know what? I'm going to, tonight, I'm going to take my kids, my kid, and my wife. We're going to go see the lights at Calm. So it's really cool. I went a few weeks ago. It's really, it's, I think it's worth it. The line might, be a little crazy because it was crazy when we went yeah well, and i went during it. the week so your line was probably gonna be crazier yeah I, we waited i think like an hour in line all right that's all whatever it takes, but it's worth I guess. it for the 15 minutes of of lights <laughs> it's like a roller coaster you wait in line for two and a half hours for two and a half minutes of ah <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it is all right dude well, thanks, man. It's been a good, another good one. I yeah, haven't had a bad one yet. So <laughs> we'll have to say, my name is Robert. And Francisco. And you know what, guys? I'm going to have to say we were probably thoroughly fucking wrong, especially <laughs> that blowjob story. But, hey, I love it, man. <laughs> I'm going to use that all the time when I try to turn people into socialists from now on. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only way i love it man all right man i guess next time i hope we can talk about something a little better a little lighter bring some sports back something yeah for sure all right brother playoffs should be kicking off by then all right i'm in bring back ralph right <laughs> yeah all right take it easy man later and we will see you next time on the Thoroughly Wrong Project. You have been listening to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with your hosts, Francisco and Robert. If you enjoyed today's show, like, 
follow, leave a comment, and then look in the description where you'll find our website, Instagram, and Twitter feeds. Until next time, thanks for listening. And just remember, never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.